all. Welcome to Geek Freaks. I am Frank. It's great. Today we're joined by Alan Dunford and Dave Lentz. How are you guys doing today? Oh, I'm, I'm great because I get to see your face and Dave's beautiful face as well. I mean, what else could you ask for, really? <laughs> this is the part where you compliment me. Dave, you're supposed to compliment me now. Yes, yes. Yours is yours, too. It's, it's fine. It's nice. I like <laughs> okay, it. Okay, thank you. Doesn't have that compliment Alan posted <laughs> next to his monitor like he's supposed to? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about Pocus Hocus once again, and this time we're actually starting a whole new chapter in the story. Pocus is deep into hell, and things are starting to collapse, starting to collapse, continue to collapse for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you give us a little bit of rundown, maybe even a catch up of where we're at right now with this story? Yeah. Um, so obviously this this is kind of spoilers to, to catch us up to this point. But uh, Pocus Hocus follows the story of a magician who sells his soul to a demon to have actual magical powers. Years later, comes to regret it. And then it just so happens that demon comes asking for a favor. And that's what kind of catapults everything uh, mm-hmm. forward. And then we find out that the demon he sold his soul to doesn't even have a soul anymore. Uh, and that's what really sets forth the next arc of Pocus and crew going in deeper and deeper into another layer of hell because they actually found the, uh, the person that has it. So yeah. this is where the second arc of Pocus Hocus begins. With this second arc, how do you make things feel new, fresh, and different from a first arc? Like, how are you separating those two? Uh, well, naturally, out the gate, it's, it's the world. Is already mm-hmm. so different um, because it's it's funny because yeah we still keep light and whimsical qualities but but now there's really weight to the situation. Uh, Frank, I was able to send you the the ash can of Pocus Five or Two mm-hmm. One, and you kind of got to see it's uh, it it already has like you know we still kept a lot of our humor in there but it's getting darker as we keep getting in there. So yeah. we're we're really trying to push ourselves into yeah we still have this whimsical world but now there's there's more gravity to it because we're, we're finally coming face to face with, uh, with Pocus's decision and how it has affected everybody around him. Yeah. One specific scene from the new book is like a mirror to the first issue of the, <clears throat> of the franchise, but it's almost like a funhouse mirror because everything's a little off. Everything's a little weird, but you're recognizing what's going on. And, uh, I do like one of the, my favorite parts right away as a reader, you're like, this ain't right. Is all of a sudden the bartender's actually in on the story, like, oh, what's going on? Like, no, no yeah. one would care about what Focus yeah. is saying. <laughs> if this was, you know, anything uh, normal. Um, when you're Dave, you're sitting there, you're lettering, you're also designing. How how do you add input to this and make sure the story feels uh, new for you? Uh, don't say that you brutalize our script because it's so bad. No, no, I was actually, I was actually going to say that you know all the stuff that you just said. I didn't know any of that was actually happening. That's all new to me. I, <laughs> yeah, you just copy paste. <laughs> I just copy and paste. That's all I really do. That's my job. Um, you know, I mean, uh, I, I think a lot of it has to do with like you know when we have new creatures, you know, new characters that show up, trying to you know develop their own particular voice, um, and just trying to have that fit in with everything that we've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, uh, sometimes we can do like outlandish stuff and it really works. And other times, you know, it's just like low key stuff where, you know, uh, folks is going on a ramble at the bar and just, you know, talking to the bartender and then, you know, stuff happens. What kind of design changes do you use when you're trying to go from a normal bar scene and then all of a sudden you're starting to escalate it really quick? We, I know because I just read it, but what is it that you're using to like, oh, wait, something's not right here or, oh, things are about to kick into second gear. Is there any sort of hints that you know you want to place in the panels or something like that? Uh, it all depends, really. I mean, like, you know, uh, 
I try to take cues from Brian's art whenever I can. And mm-hmm. just, you know, like it, it could be just like, like a minor twitch that a character shows, you know, just like has like a little twerk or, you know, uh, something like going on with their hands or their face or something like that. And then you can start to skew things and like, you know, warp the balloons and, you know, change the font, like gradually change to something else. It might be like a font change. It might be a color change. It could be any one of those things to just really indicate, you know, things are going south or just changing in general. And it's something that Dave did that I, I loved, uh, aside from everything that he does, is the whenever we see this new creature that we introduce right where the ash can ends, mm-hmm. uh, Dave threw blood splatter in inside of the text box just to kind of show like okay you know this is uh it, it things are about to go down <laughs> and and this thing yeah. definitely has ill intent oh i did yeah. do that that's right you did yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah okay so something else you gotta remember uh about dave uh dave's memory is awful <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> it is it's terrible. terrible what's this like, book I'm called like again a, yeah yeah <laughs> how did i even get here <laughs> who are you guys <laughs> yeah, I'll message Dave and he's like new number who this. Like I get yeah. that. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, actually the Pocus franchise uh has such unique lettering in it. Um uh, like for this one, you had the blood spider, but we also have pink bubbles. And so we're like, okay, we know who that's probably coming from. We have black bubbles we've seen time and time again. We know who those are coming from. And it's something you don't see in maybe something a little more mainstream, like a Superman comic book. You wouldn't expect to see anything different than just the normal bubbles or whatever. Uh I think that's very creative and something that you can only see in an indie comic, something where you're actually taking chances. And it was really cool though, because uh, you know, from a writer standpoint, when Will and I are are working on the script and everything uh, you know, I've said it time and time again, but Brian, Jason and Dave, they inspire us every day. It it makes us want to push ourselves as much as we want to try to push them for what we can see, yeah, for what we can try to get away with and then have them draw um, or just color and then letter. But um, when we were, writing that part that you were talking about it was awesome because i was i even i remember telling will i was like because all their lettering is so different we don't need to flash to another spot we can literally just impose their speech bubbles and if people have read it before they'll know exactly who it's coming from so mm-hmm. we don't need to say oh that must have been horse you know right uh, so pocus doesn't even need to acknowledge that because the reader already knows how distinct everyone's letters are okay yeah how much do like do say, I pay him? Is that your well, next no, question? No. <laughs> uh, like how much does a team? It feels like there's Will and Allen team. Of course, there's a team of everybody. Yeah, but there's also this Brian, Jason, Dave team. Do you guys often kind of communicate amongst the three of you to figure out? Hey, this is what we really want to see for the art side of things to try to share their story. Are you guys just like, hey, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I, Dave, I, I think we just kind of figure it out, right? Like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, like mostly it's just you know, I. I I rarely talk to Jason unless, you know, I need something from him. Like, you know, I like, dude, I need the layered file or this needs to be in a different format or something like that. Uh, Brian, I think I've talked to maybe like five times and it's usually and about just like, to tell him oh. it's a good job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's that it's like that or like Ninja Turtles or Uzumaki. Like those are the <laughs> things that we talk about. And uh, then, you know, Alan, I talk to all the time, you know, uh, ad nauseum and uh, we just that's OK. Yeah. And usually we just, you know, suss things out or like, you know, I just bounce an idea. Up. I'm like, well, I just threw this word in here or threw some extra words in here because I thought it'd be funny. He's like, well, yeah, that's that's good. That that yeah. works out. Yeah, I, I think that's, uh, you know, Dave, what you said was actually what I was getting ready to say. But um, 
at this point, it's it's crazy how much of a well-oiled machine I feel like everything is. Right. Because Brian used to send us uh, roughs before he would start. Uh, he was like, yeah, I'll go ahead and do the, uh, Lord, what, what's it called? Uh, just the preview Thumbnails. pages. I, yeah. Yeah. So he would kind of just do that. And he was like, yeah, I'll get the roughs together. So then if you guys approve it, then I'll go ahead and actually start. Now we just get finalized inks because we all know, I guess, kind of what each other are expecting at this point. And the same goes with Jason and Dave. But yeah, uh, I, I think the big thing that Dave has taught me, and it's something that I already went in with with an open mind from where Dave is so seasoned, um, is accept the criticism and know that everyone in this project is working toward the same goal of trying to make the best book that we can. Um, because there's been times where, you know, I'll send the script to Dave first. He'll look it over, make sure everything looks good because, you know, we're, we're again, still figuring everything out as we go. Uh, Dave will be like, yeah, this looks great. And then we'll get it to Brian. Then Jason will send it to us. And then once Dave's in it, we look at it we're like, actually, that doesn't translate well. So then Dave will actually take stuff out and be like, I suggest you guys change this or, or this part actually oh, nice. isn't as funny as we thought it was. So then we'll take it out and then Dave will replace him. Like, what do you guys think? It's like, yeah, you know, we, we've never had a clash of egos on any of that stuff. So I, I think that collaborate, collaborating with every layer and every level of the creative process is good because there's been stuff where Brian's combined panels and it just looks so much better and the flow goes better. And then there's been color choices that I've disagreed on with Jason and just let him do his thing. And uh, it's worked out so much better. And I'm, you know, I'm uh, just happy for the result. Yeah, just from as as an outside observer, somebody who reads the the comics books, like if we're looking at the last issue, we had um, Jason make the move of changing the candlelight to green, yep. which was such a unique idea. But then you're like, he had to have bounced that idea amongst everybody on the art side of this thing to make sure that the bubbles work for this, to make sure that you know that that makes sense, and yep. to think that you know um, you guys are all kind of just working together. It's just pretty neat because it was such a cool move. And then you know you'd assume that it would have to be approved. Yeah, it's by a little a lot stuff. Of <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just yeah. little stuff. Jason just did it. And I was like, why did you do that? You know, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I was like, why did you make the candle green? He's like, yeah, it's the sap from the tree. I was like, oh, that's genius. I hate that. Yeah. I, hate, I hate how smart that is. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So we have the second, we're having a brand new beginning. How many issues are we expecting out of this run? Are we doing another four? Yeah. Yeah. We have, an, we have another four slated. Um, we already have our, our ending set up. Now it's just okay. a matter of time of, uh, it's, it's the, uh, we're anxiously waiting, you know, because we, we know how this thing's going to end. And, uh, well, this arc, I should say, is going to end. And we, we think that everyone's going to be pretty surprised at the twist that we have set up for this thing. Yeah. How hard is it to kind of contain things within four books? Because to me, you're already in hell. You have like this grand story, obviously, going on with him looking for his soul. Do you tend to lead into the next chapter so early on? Or do you are you good at keeping everything contained in four books? Yeah. Um, uh, yes and no, right? Because we're always forward thinking and we always want to leave the audience wanting more and placing like little uh, little Easter eggs or or little bread, uh, like a breadcrumb trail of stuff that they've said, because we've actually kind of already mentioned in, in this, you'll see it as we progress through, but the we kind of hint at the ending uh, mm -hmm. for this arc in issue five. Um, so it's just, I don't know, it's just, it, it's kind of fun and it's just really cool to see this, this thing come to life. Because I remember you know, whenever I was first talking about this with Dave, we, we didn't expect to make it this far. We only expected like four issues and we we're going to be done because like I said, it just, it's our, it's a hobby and we we're just trying to have fun and kill. Yeah. You know, I would say kill time, but just really explore some different creative outlets. And then 
it's turned into this. And I'm happy it did because it was hard to try to contain the story that we originally had into this. So now we're able to like, just have fun, let it breathe and like kind of create our own lore and world piece by piece, instead of just doing like a whole information dump from where we're able to keep stretching this thing out. We're able to really play on our rules and our laws. Speaking of spinoffs, we know we have horse and hell. That was a small Mm -hmm. spinoff. Do you have any more kind of planned coming up? Yeah. um, So it's not a small spinoff anymore. Uh, Kit Wallace is actually working on the first issue, uh, the full issue of Horus and Hell. Um, So it's going to be a two issue mini right now. Uh, And we we thought of different scenarios we could put Horus in and everything. So we're going to see how this one does, see what everyone thinks about it. But uh, the script for it, uh, we're we're really happy with it. And uh, our stupidity knows no bounds. Yeah. Yep. When you're when you're scripting out a comic book, do you do it more storyboard form, or are you actually like scripting it out by the uh, like the words? You know what I'm saying? Um, we we storyboard first. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, we always storyboard. Uh, we we write out our beginning, middle, and end, where we're going, where we think each issue will go, and then that's when we actually start hammering out the script that way. Oh wow! Yeah, it feels no, so. No, odd. Frank wants to Frank wants to know if you draw. That's what he's asking. He oh, wants to know oh, if see. Oh, figures. No. Storyboards. No. Dick figures. That's what no. he wants to see. Yeah, we don't do that. Yeah. We, we don't do that here. That's a yes. big <laughs> unluck on Kickstarter, guys. <laughs> yeah. The Allen edition where it's just like stick figures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be wonderful. The character just says poop right beside the head. Yeah, poops. <laughs> yeah. Pink. This is supposed to be Pink Bunny. Yeah, yeah. Pink Bunny. <laughs> I promise. Um, okay, so. We also have, I want to touch on some of the other projects we've talked about in the past and stuff like that. We have Grandma Chainsaw. You guys finished that first run. is very successful on Kickstarter, of course. Uh, we have another one coming down the pipe, correct? Yeah, we, so what we're kind of doing is we're trying to stagger releases uh, with mm. how we do everything. So, uh, you know, we got this Pocus 2-1 and then Grandma Chainsaw 2 is coming up. And then we're also working on another story uh, kind of in the background and just trying to do a little piece by piece. It's a detective story called One Sunday Afternoon. Um, don't want to reveal too, too much on that yet. But right. uh, Dave's excited for that one, I think, too, especially after seeing that first page we got from that thing. Did I work on that? You lettered it. Yeah. You OK, did. OK, OK. Cool. Dave, that Dave past, past Dave really liked it. <laughs> right, uh, right. OK. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> yeah. Dave letters um, a lot of stuff. Dave okay. does letters. Dave letters hard. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, we're, we're just excited still, you know, as much as we're excited to get the Pocus story out there, we're also so excited to get the four issues of Grandma Chainsaw out there mm-hmm. as well. Because uh, we had a lot of fun making this one. And uh, shout out to Dave for, um, for Fury Champ, because it was really his idea. Uh, we only had it in the script just a couple times, you know, the Doth Lady protest stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave really took the reins and just ran with it on that one. So big shout out to Dave for giving Fury Chan that much more personality. <laughs> yes. I, I, I successfully made him awful. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't hard. I don't think, but no, no. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't wait for, for that. It was such a, Oh God, so many twists and like immediately ends where you're like, well, I got to know what happens to this mess. <laughs> so I can't wait to see what happens next to grandma chainsaw. Um, and then I want to make sure we also mention, we have the Sparks Indie Awards, and you guys got nominated for that. How freaking yes. cool is that? Yeah, Kickstarter of 2022. I guess there just wasn't a lot of options uh, last <laughs> yeah. year. So they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel and threw yeah. us in there. I think you guys are owning Kickstarter at this point. You guys have multiple <laughs> campaigns a year, all successful. I, I know a couple other indie creators that, have, that would wish to be in your guys' shoes. So 
Um, I think that that's pretty amazing. So we're going to have a link over to guys. You guys could all vote for the Sparks Indie Awards. Uh, it'll be the very top link. So you guys head there, get your votes in. That'll be great. Uh, before we head out, Dave, I want to make sure to share a little bit more of who you are. Uh, where did you get your start into lettering and stuff like that? It's such a unique profession. A lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with comic books don't even know it's its own thing. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like, realistically, uh, I started with graphic design. I've been a graphic designer since I graduated in 2005. Um, and it's only within the past, like, since 2019 that I've, I've started actually lettering because a, a real good buddy of mine was just like, dude, why don't you come back into comics? Cause even before that I did like a, a web comic that I actually drew and lettered for a while for like three years. But he's like, you know, you have your degree in graphic design. You're really good at graphic design. He said that, not me. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> And he was just like, well, why don't you try lettering? Because, uh, and, you know, it was something I really never thought of. And I was like, well, why don't I try lettering? Um, and then it just pretty much just took off from there because it was like sort of like an unfair advantage kind of thing because I already knew all the ins and outs of the programs and, you know, lifelong comic fans. So it's just literally like, okay, well, looking at this page, this is what they did here. I could do that. That's easy enough, you know, kind of a thing. And then just, you know, steamroll from there. And then, I met this poor schlub and now he's been stuck with me ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Match made in heaven. So you re right. he received basically the project already drawn out and then you decide based off the script where to put the, the bubbles and stuff like that. To me, I mean, I think everybody's who's a noob to this is like, how do you do the pacing or the spacing of things? Because whenever you like try to draw like a yard sale sign, you always end up with L.E. like crammed in the corner. How do you do that as, as a letterer? Um, it is, you know, the, the the most important thing is try to keep the flow consistent within the page because, you know, any any artist who is, you know, skilled and, you know, knows what they're doing, they already have the flow of the page planned out where, mm -hmm. you know, thing, you know, panel leads to panel needs the panel. And then the, my job is basically not to disrupt that and hopefully help read lead the reader's eye into the next panel where the artist had already planned on sending the reader anyway. Um, and most of the time I can make it work. You know, sometimes when somebody's too wordy, it's, uh, you know, we need to go back and revise things or, you know, you're just forced to jam stuff in there where it doesn't belong and then pray for the best. When you look back at, at inspirational comic book writers, there are some of them that have, you know, basically written novels and it's just above little pictures and stuff like that. And others that are, that are very minimal. Uh, where do you think you lie with that? Are you, are you closer to like a watchman where it's all words or, or do you think you, you try to strive to be? Uh, somewhere in the middle. I mean, you know, generally speaking uh, on focus specifically, there's never been a, a part where I've gone through and it's just like, man, we got to revise this because there's not enough space. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying I don't know how to not, write that. I yeah. don't know how to write that. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I just, I just say what I need to say and I get out of there. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's really the best way to do it because I mean, you know, uh, the art and the art in all of like our collective books, you know, it doesn't need a lot, you know what I mean? Like you don't need a lot of flowery exposition. You just, you know, you're already telling the story and then just, you know, like, like Alan said, just get in and get out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now we have a rising, I wouldn't say problem, but maybe a concern with AI generated art. And I know maybe this is something for, for Brian to tackle maybe a little bit more, but 
where do you guys see using AI as this new concern, possibly using it as a tool instead of a threat in your guys' work? Is that something you see coming coming up? God, I don't even know. I feel like an AI could probably write better than what me and Will do. I know it does better than me. <laughs> yeah. Our stuff God. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, so as of right now, um, you know, I, I would, you know, die on the hill of, you know, never touch it, never use it because like it, it just seems so hot button and so problematic right now. Right. Yeah. Right. Be- because the, the stigma right now with it is you, you use it to replace artists. Like people are using it to mm-hmm. create like thumbnails and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. There, there's just always that human touch that's gone and editing and everything. And, the, you know, whenever I was first getting started, um, it was funny just to go through the processing and see how much stuff was actually needed. Like I had no idea that I was going to need a team of ultimately three other individuals, you know, not counting Will, but three other individuals to do stuff. Like I didn't know that not every artist colors their pages. So then, you know, we find Brian and it's like, oh, he just does pins and ink. Well, crap, we got to find a colorist. And then I didn't, you know, you you don't really think about then the lettering part of it because like I said, it was our first book. I was like, crap, I got to find some of the letters this thing down too. (laughs) And then it's like, oh, well, you need a logo. It's like, oh my God, (laughs) you know, (laughs) I just got lucky with Dave because he does lettering and design. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and also edits. So that was huge as well too. So I I really did luck out by, uh, by having Dave say yes. You could feel the difference too, not to bash on any other comic book creators and stuff like that, but you could feel the difference from a team working on something versus one person who's doing it all there, so all, all on their own. And there's the polish that Pocus has that others might not have. Um, yeah, the AI thing is, is something we're seeing because, of course, we've had a lot of artists and writers on our show and, and we follow each other on social media. And it seems to be this new kind of battleground that started in 2022 and I think it's going to be carrying through 2023 of never use and meanwhile some of some of the small time people can find some benefit in it so i'm just poking around in there seeing seeing what people are thinking about yeah, that. that's I the thing like i just don't i don't really have an opinion on it just yet because yeah. um i think i've just stayed so far away from it because it's like you see it and you're like ah well i mean it doesn't really affect don't really affect us right now because i'm always going to be using these guys right so you know th- i think that's where like you know i guess i'm kind of ignorant to it for the most part I'm I, I personally feel safe because uh, it just, you know, it just, it's not, it's not going to pop out words. I saw what it yeah. does and it's just like, it makes it look like weird hieroglyphics. And I'm just like, I'm safe. I'm fine. Like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I can yeah. pay my mortgage. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the chat version of it's pretty crazy. We talked about it on Geek Freaks, the normal show, but uh, I had it like, hey, can you make a description for Geek Freaks podcast? And it did a way better job than I've ever done. It's like, oh, no, that's dangerous. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, seeing it as a tool and and being careful with it, it's a little little mm-hmm. scary. But, yeah, those hieroglyphics are never going to work out well yep. for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For those people who need to get on board with Pocus Hocus, where can they go? And um, I, I especially I want them to, like, read the first four issues. Like, where can they pick up those first four issues? Hang on one second, Frank. Oh, here we go. I have this cup here. <laughs> and it is just so good and so sturdy, just like the promise that we deliver with our Pocus Hocus comic books. And that is the Geek Freaks podcast mug. That's a good mug. I know. It's a good mug. Good ass mug. <laughs> I got to send you. We have a 2023 <laughs> version that's even better. I'm going to send okay. it to you for free. It's on its way. Well, thank so. you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I fully expected the website for where they could buy the books to be on the mug. I was totally taken how back funny. when it wasn't. Oh my god! How Not funny a bad that idea. Been. That's a QR code right there. <laughs> so right funny. there. Bam. 
so um we have uh we obviously have some some news for the future um but coming up in 2023 can't get into too many specifics but mm-hmm. uh you'll be able to uh find pocus hocus on comic book shelves yeah. So we are very excited and grateful for that opportunity to uh, definitely have a wider reach for those who don't know us on Kickstarter or who are probably just they don't want to use Kickstarter because maybe mm-hmm. they've had a bad experience or they just don't like they just don't like using that kind of thing. Right. Um, so that we're all of us over in, in the crew are, are so excited uh, to see where where this thing's going to be going and just to even just see our names in, in the previews magazine, too. Yeah, uh, Dave's used to it. He's just numb to it. We're all over here celebrating, yeah. and Dave's like, "Yeah, whatever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember my first time. Yeah, um, yeah. But for those who uh, who are new to the series and, and really want to jump in, we always try to cater our kickstarters to fans new and old. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's always going to be a catch up tier, whether that's physical or digital. Um, and we we have different ways to do that. Whether you want to get the trade or you want to get the floppies of the first four issues, the, that option is going to be on there. Okay. And we always build our Kickstarters all a cart. So uh, we never strong arm anyone into getting a tier that they don't want to get because there's a certain item or something like that that they want. So we always try to just have fun with it and just make it to where, uh, you know, like I said, fans new and old can get in there. That is nice. Yeah. And then if they, because I feel like it's important people go pick up those first four comics. It's complete arc, which is one of the biggest, you know, problems with comic books. Sometimes you're like, yeah, but where am I at? <laughs> if you get the first four, it's complete arc right there. Um, it ends really crazy. Uh, it's a quick so, read too. We promise really we don't write quick. a lot. <laughs> I've actually reread it twice now and you guys should have seen it yeah. at our Christmas party. Cause we had a bunch of copies of the comics and we mm-hmm. had shirts. I was like Santa Claus just handing out stuff on Christmas yeah, party. Here you go. Like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> it's a focus, focus, grandma chainsaw. Um, okay. So yeah. And then probably source point, right? They can probably go to head to source point to be able to pick up the first four as well if they wanted to. Right. Yeah, I think after we're, Dave, you'd know probably a little bit more about this because I think you've dealt with a little bit more, but I, I would assume that once we're in comic book shops, uh, you'll be able okay. to hit Source Point's website and then be able to order it that way and everything because uh, yep. we're going to have, uh, Source Point was, was pretty adamant about this, which I totally agree with. Um, Hocus Hocus, whenever it hits comic shelves, uh, we're going to have four new covers by Brian and Jason. Uh, so issue one, two, three, and four are all going to have a new cover. Uh, so mm. The ones you pick up on Kickstarter, or we can actually say this now, are Kickstarter exclusive. Cool. Oh, man. Yep. Collector's <laughs> items. Oh, yeah. Sure. The, the <laughs> covers never disappoint, by the way. I, Alan's always texting me new covers. They never disappoint. They're always so good. So that is freaking awesome. We got awesome. seven this time. We got That's, seven because we're stupid. I'm stupid. Well, like I told you, like I totally have no envy over you because that's a lot yeah. of managing of like different artists doing different things. <laughs> no way. Well, have fun with that. <laughs> we got we got really lucky with the with the artists that we do because they're all so self-sustaining. I yeah. just reach out, ask for a cover, and then they say, yeah, sure. And then they, they just send it back. Uh, oh. Dave so was nice. able to put, you know, we obviously will have our Kit Wallace cover. Uh, Mark Marvita's back. Uh, we have an Edward Bentley cover. Uh, Dave actually put us in contact with Ryan Kincaid. He worked on a cover for Grandma Chainsaw. And mm-hmm. uh, we even got a chance to work with Sajad, who did a cover for the Department of Truth. So nice. he um, he's doing a cover for us on that. And we already have his finished cover for Grandma Chainsaw, too. Oh, that's so cool. Yep. It's funny All that right. you say that there are seven because it definitely feels like gluttony that we have yep. seven covers. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the seven uh-huh. deadly pocus covers. Yeah, uh, and I also want to mention Summer Dale too. She was the first time doing a cover for us, and she just knocked it out of the park, man. Um, so we're we're kind of celebrating uh, the new arc, 
So that's why we also wanted to have a little bit of extra covers too. Yeah. Uh, just a way to say thank you for everyone for this. You know, it, it feels like a long journey, but it's only gone on for like a year and a half, maybe <laughs> a little over a year. Uh, but yeah, it's just that we're, we're just having fun with it and we, we hope everyone loves it. Yeah. Tell people the truth, Alan. You forgot that we got that many covers. Uh, only one of them I forgot that I prepaid okay. for. <laughs> <laughs> but then I wasn't mad at it. After, after I panicked, I was like, eh, whatever. We'll just throw it in there. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It, instead of saving it for the next one, I was just like, ah. Eh. Yeah. They're all worth collecting, guys. Please make sure you click. Ha- I think I have pretty much all of them at this point, and they're so freaking cool. Um, I think that's it for us this time, guys. Everything's in the description. Remember to go vote for the Sparks Indie Awards and... To jump in on this Kickstarter, of course, we're going to be sharing on to- social media, so check that out yep. as well. And thank you guys very much for joining me, both Dave and Alan. Thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so much, Frank. Thank you. All right, we will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.